Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and Fire Emblem in general. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my co-host, Eddie. Eddie, how's it going? Not too bad. That's good. Your hero's still going strong, right? Like, you're, you're, you're rocking it in the game of Fire Emblem Heroes? Yep. That's good. It's been How a week. You? Yeah, oh, me? I Honestly... I feel like lately I haven't been able to play as much as I want to, which sucks because there's just so much in the game. And I really don't want to be falling behind on, you know, Tempest Trials again. Like the last time we had a full Tempest Trials, I didn't complete it. And that was orbs left on the table. And that could have been my armored Lynn not happening. So I feel a little like a little antsy right now. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Let's talk about, so we mentioned Tempest Trials. We'll, we'll come back to this other stuff, but they just launched Tempest Trials Invisible Ties. We were trying to figure out last week what the focus was going to be, and I think we were pretty much on target, weren't we? Um, well, we knew it was going to be Awakening because Jerome was going to be the hero that you get the reward hero from the banner or from mm. the thing. Um. You know, we had one of the characters right, and that I guess that Cersei would be uh, one of them, the mother of Jerome in Awakening. Yeah. So she was one, and the other two were really kind of meh, as many people pointed out when it came out, with Donald and Olivia. Although, as soon as the new calendar came out, which we'll definitely go into later, but as soon as that came out, I knew for sure Alyssa wasn't going to be part of it. Yeah, the lack of Lissa was uh, was interesting because I think yeah, like you said, we'll go into it a little bit later. But Lissa popped up in another event, and they they're not one to double dip usually, right? Usually, yeah, they don't double dip like that. And so with a, another thing with a banner that Lissa will be in, it seemed extremely unlikely that Lissa would not be in the as a bonus hero. Yeah, the thing I noticed about Invisible Ties is that the Tempest Trial reward hero, Jerome, is actually part of the 40% bonus. Now, that's never happened before, right? No, it hasn't. And also, a lot of times, there have been four characters already given for that were easier for the uh, hero, uh, the bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Yeah, he is actually one of the 40% bonus heroes, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, because I find usually with those bonus, those 40% bonus heroes, they're re- they're usually reserved for a special summoned hero or a legendary hero from, from my experience. In my, sorry, not my experience, but in my memory, you know, I might be recalling wrongly, but it's nice to see. Um- yeah, it's hard to remember. I mean, also a lot of the times in the early Tempest Trials, most of the banners would have four heroes to begin with. So, you know, all four of those heroes would be part of the thing. And like True. the last one, um, oh no, that was the Voting Gauntlet. So, Yeah, the, the Voting Gauntlet's always one that, that has usually had a hero that I have, but it is a mixture between old heroes and new. And, and you know, we... Oh, yeah, the, the last Tempest Trial I remember now was the Valentine's one, so it had four heroes from the special banner. Yeah, and as we all know, I didn't have Armored Lynn until after. <laughs> yeah, we, we covered that pretty uh, pretty exhaustively. But 
it, it's how how far have you gotten? Uh, I, are you just starting to scratch the surface? I mean, it's only been out for a day, so uh, it's two or three days actually. But um, today is the third day. Uh, I'm about sixteen, eighteen thousand in. I've already got the base room and the first seal. Good. Um, but no, that's that's really good. I have only. Uh, I've only gotten Silver Jerome, so I, I kind of boosted him to level 20 to kind of have him on my team so he doesn't get one hit killed. But since he's the 40% hero bonus, it's nice to... It's nice that I I know I'm going to have that 40% bonus throughout. That was my difference with the last Tempest Trial, is I only had the 20%. And um, yeah. you had mentioned you got the first seal, Obstruct 1. How do you feel about the seals they're offering this time around? Um, it's interesting to see the, you know, the, um, res ploy, one of the ploy seals and a tactic seal. Uh, the tactics are kind of weird with the whole movement limit, movement type limit they have for them. So those should be interesting. And mm-hmm. of course they're upgradable in the seal forge. Yeah. Now I haven't dabbled with the other way to earn seals, which is in the chain assault. And th- they were a little more difficult for my team to take on. Uh, no, but it's not the chain assaults that have the um, what is it? Seals. It's, it's the squad assault. Oh, yeah, squad assault. The chain challenges are just more orb or mostly feathers and orbs eventually. Right. Okay. Well, I've had trouble with both of them. Uh, so you've got obstruct one, which is prevents foes from moving uh, through adjacent spaces while this unit's HP is over ninety percent. That seems interesting i don't know are these new seals or are they just they're new seals but they're skills that we've had in the game for a while which seals usually are but these allow you to give a character who wouldn't normally have that skill a skill if they, they qualify for it okay interesting um, so yeah resploy is one of the ones at the start of the turn foes in cardinal directions with resistance one or more lower than the unit suffer a res minus three until the end of the foe's next action. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, helps you attack and hopefully kill them quicker. You know, if you got a mage ready. Yeah, and then def attack, defense, defense tactic, sorry. At start of turn, grants defense plus two to allies within two spaces for one turn. Granted only if number of that ally's movement type on current team is less than or, or equal to two. That... I have no idea what that means. <laughs> that's a that's a word. That's well, a wordy one. Essentially, it grants defense plus two if you're within two spaces of the character with the seal, but only if, um, like if you're a if it's a cavalry hero, only if there are two or fewer cavalry units on the team in the g- game at that time. Right. So if you have a full cavalry squad, you don't get that bonus. Or if you have three cavalry units in the map, you don't get that bonus. Oh. So if you're doing armor emblem or horse emblem or flyer emblem, you don't use the tactic skills because those won't give any bonus. Hmm. Interesting. Essentially, the way I see it is it's a way for them to give a stronger uh, multi-space because usually the single space boosts, you know, only adjacent squares are stronger than the multi-space boost if you know goes out to two squares uh this way they can give a bigger boost because they have additional restrictions okay 
That's interesting. Have you done a lot of work with the seals? Because I know I've unlocked a bunch of them. I've upgraded a couple just because I'm swimming in badges and and whatnot. But I I haven't really played around with you know min max. Like we've talked about this before. We don't really min max on this show, but I haven't really min maxed with seals. I usually make sure that my A team just has you know the the base seals of like plus three attack or plus three HP. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of the same. I really don't min max, so I haven't really. Uh, figured out what seals I want to upgrade yet. I'm just collecting plenty of seal or, yeah, sacred coins and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I figure out, either decide to build someone and pick the appropriate seal, I can upgrade it if I need to or other stuff like that. But as mm-hmm. of right now, I have not messed with that much. Okay. Well, let's jump back to Blessed Gardens which got its first addition since our last episode, which was to the water map. And it sounds like you were right. right. I was wrong. Uh, I I can't even remember. Like, I remember what I said, which was, it sounds like they're just going to add a map, which is what they did. But you were thinking they were going to do like a reset of that type. I thought it was going to be like rival domains was this morning where they completely reset all four maps. Hmm. And I figured each, every month, they would completely reset the uh, water garden, then reset the wind garden, and so on and so forth. Each week, they'd reset a garden. But nope, they just add a single map, which I guess explains why the rewards were so high compared to um, rival domains. And that you are, when you get orbs, you get five orbs, not a single orb. And since, you know, they're not resetting every, giving you 10 orbs every week. No. You know. That would have been a lot to sort of expect from from IS, I think that, and I think the reward for the newest map was just like some feathers or maybe a blessing. Yeah, um, it looks like it just rotates. Okay. To my degree, what reward it is. I'd have to double check it, but it was, I'd have to check on a map that I haven't actually done yet. Yeah, but, I don't know. They're all ran. They're they're not random. They kind of like, but you're right. They offset based on which one. So I mean, I completed the newest map uh, for the Grotto uh, Water Five, so it's hard to tell what that reward would have been. But I, I I mean, it's nice that they're adding new content. It's every Friday we determined, right? Every Sunday is the Blessed Garden. So oh right, tomorrow morning that we'll get a new wind map. Um, and I just looked through, and it's uh, it starting with the water garden. It's orb, feather, dew. So, hmm. uh, so you know, next uh, tomorrow it should be dew that we get on the wind grotto. Okay, neat. So. Well, I, I mean, it's something that I need to pop in and certainly do because I haven't done it yet. And it's just it's just more content to check out. And I know we talked about it last week and I still haven't, you know, developed a wind or fire team. And I, and I, it's a it's a me problem. It's not a game problem. It's a me problem in that, like, I, I like the idea of having a legendary hero of that element sort of lead the team. But I know that's a me thing. That's not a game issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And since they don't remove any of the maps, at least so far, then it's not a giant issue for you as of yet. If they eventually start removing maps, then... 
Oh yeah, I'll, you might have some trouble. Well, if they start removing maps, I'll probably get in there pretty quick. And and I guess what I could do is, if that's a, a, a logic breaker for me, maybe I determine a team of current heroes that I have that would work with that legendary hero, Ephraim or Gunthra, and kind of go that route. And that is an option as well. So maybe maybe I can trick myself into being okay with it. So tune in next week to determine if Ryan gets over this really weird hump that he's created himself. Uh, now, have and you had any experience with the Blessed Gardens this week, or how have they treated you? I did the new map Good. for Water Garden, nothing else. All right. I have yet to build my Gunther team or any of the other teams. Yeah. Um, I did use the Tempest Trial to finish leveling up my Ephraim, but... That's good. Oh, man, I love leveling heroes in, in Tempest Trials just because it feels like you're killing two birds with one stone. You're you're leveling your heroes and you're getting uh, you know points towards your next rewards in Tempest Trials. But it's even better now. It's like the trifecta with the three heroes team because you can level heroes, get your quest done for three heroes, and get Tempest Trial points. Like That's some efficient Fire Emblem heroes right there. Yep, I did that. I uh, had I had already started my three heroes characters. Um, I actually apparently had already leveled up a Cherche at mm-hmm. five star, so I didn't need to worry about her. But um, I leveled up Gordon and Sarah with Ephraim and um, a fourth character that I can't think of right now. Yeah, I, but um, I put I threw Larachelle in there. I kept uh, she was the Pegasus one from a couple banners ago. She kept popping up when I was summoning something she's a blue maybe yeah she's a blue mage she was, was the lame. one that got demoted in that banner yeah four star so when i was trying to get lynn she kept popping up so i have like four or five of her and i figured well you know i better figure out you know what the best version i have of that is and just start leveling them because yeah i don't know it, was, it kind of so felt since stuck. gordon and um sarah were both colorless i had uh leon as a red unit in the group uh, oh, yes. with them. So I did Leon, Ephraim, uh, Gordon, and Sarah. Had them at about level 30 before when the Tempest Trial started and finished them out on the Tempest Trial. Now that Leon is uh, something that came up when you were doing some polls this week, right? Or am I mistaken? I remember you said... Leon was it. one of the Grand Hero Battles. Oh, really? Leon? Yeah, L-Y-O-N. Oh, oh, okay. It was a grand hero battle uh, when we got the second Erica. Oh, right. Well, I guess, like, uh, you... So, with the polls this week for the banners, um, I didn't do any polls minus, like, the, the free polls, and I didn't get anything of note. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of yeah, saving have, my orbs. Yeah, we have two new banners this week. Um, mm-hmm. The Branded King banner is still going on, and the Tempest Trial banner, which was... Many viewed, as we mentioned earlier, a hot mess, and it's just yeah, underwhelming. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing yeah. broken about it. Like, no, nothing broken. It's just not great. Not heroes that people were really that interested in. I think hmm. most of them. I think most, if not all, three of them can be gotten free, or at least usually come as three or four stars, so they're not that hard to get. You know. Yeah. So not many people were worried about trying to get them. <laughs> yeah, I think I got, I may have got, I don't know. I can't remember who I got. It was that underwhelming. But 
also countering skills, which is a pretty big deal, right? With the you know having yep. Hector, Ryoma, and uh, there's not one Ri- more. Not Ryoma, Takumi, and Ike. Oh, Basic wow. and Takumi. So that's an even bigger one than I than I made it out to sound. So yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, Takumi, Ike, and Hector, and I know a few people in the Discord were talking about either pulling for Hector or Takumi. I still I don't have a normal think Takumi. Someone had just managed to get uh, Hector on their free pull or on their first pull or something. Maybe they tried for it, but that's a pretty good pull—a free Hector. Yeah, you can't go wrong yeah. with Hector. Whether if you don't have him, he's a nice character to have. He's pretty tough, and if you already have him, Disencounter is always useful. I think that's what some were talking about going in and pulling for a Hector to get disencounter. Well, Hector's on my A team and he's been on my A team since I since I uh, I pulled him. So uh, he's oh, yeah, a good I guy. Created a uh, team that I call like Classic Power or something like that, hmm. which uh, was for the longest time, and I changed it up because I'm running short on teams because I got my special teams to deal with the um, monthly beat with a armor emblem, all that, um, was Ike, uh, Classic Ike, Classic Azura, uh, Bridalin, and Hector. Hmm. And they were pretty powerful until my Christmas team came up and started beating everyone else up without even blinking. True. That was a pretty stellar Christmas banner. I, I think, yeah, so... It, now you pulled from the branded king banner, even though you said you yep. were thinking about not going back. So how'd that go for you? I decided that um, I wanted to give one more attempt to try and get female Morgan because I like the dark Pegasus and mm-hmm. all that, and I got really lucky. My first uh, summon banner, I managed to get her. So. Right. That's really good. Honestly, I've been looking at her from a character art standpoint, and she, you're right, that Dark Pegasus is really cool, and there's not many of those in the game. There might be one other one, maybe one or two other ones that I'm thinking. I don't know offhand, but for some reason I'm mm-hmm. I'm picturing one, but I could be wrong. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I know there are the wyverns that are dark colored, but I can't think of any other Dark Pegasuses, but there might be one that I'm not thinking of. I'm not sure. Top of my head. But um, now, was it last week that we were talking about always, or maybe it was in the Discord, like always pushing when you pity break to just complete the circle? Now, was that last week that we talked about that? And then it actually... Yeah, that was last week I mentioned it because um, I had gotten gotten pity broken on Azura. Oh, right. uh, And finished the circle and managed to get a second male Morgan and a uh, five-star Leon out of the summon oh okay well there you go not, Le- not sorry not leon that's why not, I... not the lyon leon but the um leon from echoes the archer dude wait are they both i think it's leon <laughs> no no it, it is... might be there might be two it is leon i think it's the purple haired dude i think i have him as well i can't remember yeah it's leon l-e-o-n so he's the archer l-y-o-n lion Leon from Sacred Stones is the mage that I leveled up. So is that with, pronounced uh, Lion then? I, I I mean maybe I don't know. They're, without them speaking it, it's hard to say. And I wouldn't really say Lion. It, so, but I it, wouldn't either. I would say <laughs> Leon usually, but 
that makes it confusing with another Leon out there. It certainly does. That's where I got confused. But I'm also like, I'm forgetting what we talk about week to week. So I really need to, to pay attention in that. Or, or maybe just stop having my weeks blend together in a weird way. But I'm super stoked that you got female Morgan. I'm happy for you, man. Uh, speaking of week to week, we do have some events still going on. Those three hero quests you mentioned are going until the 21st. Yeah. Uh, the second rival domains map has started and goes till next uh, Saturday morning. So the 24th, a 2 a.m. Really, you could say it's the 23rd. Uh, those weapon refinery quests, which if you somehow haven't completed them, that is quite amazing considering how easy they were. And they've been uh, around going for a while. Yep. And Invisible Ties is going through the 29th. Mm-hmm. So plenty of time to rock through the Tempest Trials. What about, uh, well, you mentioned Rival Domains Week 2. We'll come back to the arena bonus. But their Rival yep. Domains bonus is Armored Heroes this week. So, so, yep, you get a plus one bonus for every kill with an Armored Hero. Oh, so it's a kill. So, so I like briefly dabbled just before the rival domains sort of skipped off last week, or, or sorry, yesterday, and just filled my team with as much inventory, inventory, infantry as possible. But I still couldn't finish that final map uh, and get the reward. Did Did you happen okay. to clear rival domains in a way that got you all the rewards? No, I did not. I'll admit that I never even. Uh, hop back into rival domains. I got distracted by the Tempest Trials when it started. So they are certainly I mean, to hop back in. But yeah, and, and what about the uh, so for arena bonus? As suggested, uh, we have the uh, King branded uh, branded King uh, heroes: Morgan, male Morgan, female Morgan, Crom, Knight, Exalt, Ephraim, Legendary Lord, Arvis, which is a Grand Hero battle, Xander, another Grand Hero battle, Hanoka. Kagero, Deirdre, and Anna, your free starter hero for this week's session. And you could argue that Xander, Paragon Knight there, the basic Xander, is also a free hero because he's one of the seven grand heroes that cycle through. Right. Yeah, so you can get him pretty easily and then work, work that hero up. For some reason, I have a gold Xander, and I don't know why. I don't know what happened there, but... Okay. He's in my roster. What do you mean? I don't know. I, just, I must have had a wild hair and upgraded him to gold. I, it yeah, because does... that's the only way you can get him unless it's a summer or a spring Xander. I don't know. I don't. Oh, maybe, maybe I was confused and it was actually a spring Xander. But either way, as promised, this week for our topic, we are going to be talking about what is Fire Emblem Heroes and does it matter? This has been on the docket for a while. Eddie's been working very hard on this and and wanting to discuss it. So finally, we cleared our schedule. We're ready to go. <laughs> what is Fire Emblem Heroes? Let's talk a bit about it. Let's work our way through this topic and and see what we can come up with. Eddie, do you want to kick us off? Uh yeah. So I kind of wanted to go over this because there might be some here who have either just played the mobile game or somehow found this podcast and not know what this game that we keep talking about is mm-hmm. which if you're doing that that's a little weird but more power to you we're very uh, happy but, to have you <laughs> yes um fire emblem heroes is a game in the fire emblem universe and series of games um they're a tactical strategy game uh they've made some changes for the mobile uh model um and that like most of the original uh the console games really 
mostly 3DS and such or handheld game mm-hmm. systems like the DS and the 3DS and the Advance are um, have what's called permadeath, although some of the more recent ones have given you options to not use that, um, where if a character dies, they're out forever. Um, considering how you get the heroes in this game that's not a viable option yeah Um, they usually try to implement the permadeath thing in this game by having them fall out of a mode uh so some of the modes tempest trials once a character dies in there you can't bring him back exactly which which feels you know very much like fire emblem proper and you know, when you were mentioning the, um, they call it classic mode, which is when your hero dies, it's either dead or it's uh, incapacitated and will show up for story moments, if if it makes sense. So it's not like Skyrim where you go over and you kill a dude and he's like, well, you're just never going to get anything from that guy again and you broke the game. Um, <laughs> you're still going to get those, except they might be limping in the story and, and you can't use them. Um, and then I think the first 3DS game, Awakenings, had the casual mode which i hate as a name like casual just insinuates that if you use this you're a bad gamer and and i don't think that's the case um uh yeah from what you're saying it wasn't the very first game to have casual mode but it brought it back which i think helped it do so well certainly Um, helped yeah i could be wrong it might have been the very first one with casual mode but i think there was another game somewhere that had casual mode in it it wouldn't surprise me if maybe one of the DS ones, because I skipped a couple on the DS. Maybe the Wii yeah. had it. Not not to throw the Wii under the bus or anything, but you know. <laughs> um. uh, yeah. Uh, but like uh, with the Fire Emblem Heroes game, they decided to use what's called a gotcha model of game. Um, essentially, gotcha comes from uh, what I was reading up, gotcha pond devices, I believe they're called, mm-hmm. um, which are Essentially, you remember those things out at uh, supermarkets where you put in a quarter and get a little toy in a bubble thing? Yeah, like sort of uh, like the lottery, but for kids. Yep, and that's kind of what the gacha upon devices are in Japan, although they are more of a traditional way of getting around gambling laws and that you would then take your little figurine you got to a, a window that will give you money or whatever in depending on what that character is worth according to the system setup is what i understand how it works uh but essentially the way uh the gotcha games work for mobile games and stuff is that you know you get uh five selections and it costs orbs to summon with them uh how heroes does it is they give you the different colored orbs for a different type of hero uh, one of the classic Fire Emblem devices is the weapon triangle. Mm-hmm. And the different colors relate to different weapons with healers and archers and stuff being on the colorless orb. Um, now, a lot, you might be asking, so since there's no permadeath and you're summoning random heroes and possible multiple... Multi- I'll learn how to talk one of these days possibly multiple copies of the same hero that must mean that uh this game is just like a one-off that doesn't actually connect or matter to any of the other games is what your some are probably will probably say but in actuality i feel that it actually ties all the games together and the fact uh ties together 
making valid like my playthrough and Ryan's playthrough of a game. Hmm. Um, so you're, you're saying that uh, our playthroughs of the games are separate universes from each other? or Essentially, yeah. It's essentially a multiverse type thing where, um, you know, in your universe, uh, maybe Gordon died during Fire Emblem. Uh, you know. He did. I killed uh, I him. I think he, he was in Shadow Dragon or whatever, but maybe Gordon died, whereas in mine he survived. Hmm. But both are valid, different multiverses, you know, essentially. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, and and the thing is, like, when when you look at Fire Emblem now, I I don't know much pa- before the GBA version that came, the first one that came to North America to North America, and in that version, it was a it was it was this a product of its time. It was a GBA game, self contained. There was no DLC. It was it was connected to other games in the franchise just due to it being in the same world but then you started to get into the 3ds versions where there's dlc and stuff and they they were pulling from other games and they got real good at just uh, some would say good some would say greedy but they got really interested in dlc for those games and that dlc usually included included like hey here's like a, a an awakening map and they pulled those heroes in and it was usually through uh, you might be familiar with the Outrealm Gate that we we we've kind of co-opted for one of our segments. So it's interesting in that Fire Emblem Heroes sort of takes that concept and ran, ramps it up, you know. And basically, Fire Emblem Heroes is the Outrealm, but it really is just like a realm of portals, right? Like that—that's how they start the story. If you play through Book One, they're the guardians of the portals, right? The Asters uh, yeah. and whatever's yep they've never fully explained where the fire Emblem heroes with asker and niffle and um embla actually lands uh but in this world it might just be a normal world like the world of awakening or fire uh blazing blade which is the fire emblem you know um but like you mentioned uh awakening it was supposed to be the final game so i think it started as doing some fan service because you were allowed to get uh various characters from previous games in that game Mm. um but they haven't fully explained where asker and embler it might just be another world like warriors and uh awakening and all the other games um and it's just they happen to have instead of one out realm gate they have multiple gates all over, and the Askrins can open them. The Emblems can close them. Right. So, and that's but, the other yes. thing you mentioned: warriors. And it's really interesting to point out that Fire Emblem Heroes came out in February of 2017, and then Warriors came out in November, uh, no October of 2017, and they have a very similar nature in that it's a a, a world in the Fire Emblem universe that brings together other worlds from that universe and kind of crazy that they came out in the same year and have a similar sort of nature to them. Um, both serving the gameplay they're trying to offer up this being a gotcha game and, and needing as many heroes as possible. And the other one being a Muso game and needing as many heroes as possible. So that's also neat to kind of look at at the same time uh, when we're, when we're discussing this topic. Yep. So, and because of that, uh, 
they also spent some special weapon that summons the heroes for you, theoretically. But yeah, they have all these gates that can summon heroes from different multiverses. So, you know, you can have characters who would normally never meet in multiple copies of them just from different multiverse mm-hmm. worlds. You know? Yeah. And, and, and when you grind them up, I mean, send them home after inheriting skills from them, sure. they're going back to their appropriate multiverse. Yeah. And and they address this with, I think, the story for, well, the story in the main game, but more so with the Tempest Trials. And um, I, I think it's really cool in the Tempest Trials when they have a little story to start it off and it directly relates to uh, Mast Marth coming in and kind of trying to wrangle this, this Tempest. And uh, it's really neat the way they sort of lean into that multiverse storyline can be super confusing to those folks who have never played a mainline fire emblem game or haven't played one in a while because usually mainline fire emblem games exist in their own realm until you look at the dlc and that's where it gets really funky with the other worlds you know so it's it's really neat that they've been able to build a story around what is essentially just a mechanic to take your money right um and I'm not trying to be rude or negative. It's just it, it is what it is. Like they got to you got to support the game somehow, and how you do it is usually by giving them money. So. Yeah, it's a mechanic to take your money, but it's you know how they continue get, making more characters for you. One, yeah. one might argue how much they take from people is where the issues come in, but yeah, most of the ones that are spending that much are the ones who opt to spend that much. Yeah, there are well, those like Ryan who. I think you said you bought one thing and you bought the special pack in the early on and haven't bought anything else since. Yeah, I I've only bought one thing with Fire Emblem Heroes and it was the special pack and and I and I kind of see that as you vote with your wallet. If you have a problem or at least a a difference of opinion when it comes to the costings of of the orbs, the best way to show that is to not purchase them. But but I also don't kick up a fuss. Like I understand the orbs cost money. And that's fine, but I don't like write IS and say like, oh, it's too expensive. Like, I don't think it's super expensive. I think it's just priced out of my comfort level and that's fine. But I think when you look at the way they've set up Fire Emblem Heroes as a gotcha game, it just makes sense because Fire Emblem has such a vast cast of characters. And I would even argue, Eddie, that the new characters that they've created for Fire Emblem Heroes strengthens the brand in a way that Fire Emblem Warriors didn't really do for me, you know. I don't know if well, you feel and the same also way. part of that might be the fact that you get a bit more with the characters. I mean, one you get two characters really, and maybe you could count Darius as a third uh, from Warriors, and the gameplay doesn't really give you a good chance to get to know them. Um, the characters they have support conversations might give you a bit more chance to get to know them if you get them up there, but that takes a lot of work and a lot of grinding. This one, pretty much any event that happens, you speak with one of the three, well, technically two, new characters on the good guy side, and throughout chapter one, you chatted with the bad guys a bit and even in this one, you chat with the bad guys a bit to get to see them. So just there's so much story added. And I think as a book too improved. 
Yeah, book two has been an addition, like a really great addition to the game. And if you're looking yeah, for that... story, it's they've been really rocking it in this in in book two. Um, I look yep. forward to all new chapters that get added for sure. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not completely down on book one, but I will admit it had issues. It was kind of meh story wise. So you know, no, you're right. It was it was. It served its purpose, which was to give you an introduction to these characters, but it made the enemies a little one-dimensional. And, and honestly, when we talk about servicing the gotcha mechanic, that's what the story was doing. And book two kind of throws that out the window and says, no, we're going to tell a good Fire Emblem story and not worry about explaining why you're you know, summoning random heroes. I don't need an excuse to summon random heroes. Like I love Fire Emblem, and I want all those yeah. heroes. So... Yeah, book, book one's new story chapters were, oh, hey, we got summoned by your enemies. We're going to have to fight you until you defeat us. But basically, no, book, yeah, two, it's, yeah. book two, they barely mentioned the whole, I think they mentioned it this week, but they barely mentioned the contracts anymore or any of that stuff. They just, those heroes pop up and you fight them. Yeah, essentially, you so, know, and, and some would argue, yeah, you're right, that was a little lame. And, and I think if anything, Intelligent Systems has been really good at, at, hearing feedback and we saw that even this week i don't even know if it was a piece of feedback people were tossing but giving us a free hero in the 40 percent bonus for tempest trials i would consider that a real win in the we're listening column for this game and and if you're if you're wondering what is fire emblem heroes it's just as much the you know the hard work of nintendo and intelligent systems and sometimes they make mistakes sometimes they don't give us an event calendar right away and we'll We'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's it's a good introduction to the main characters of Fire Emblem, and I think it gives you a really a really good sort of feeling of what the characters will be like when you pick up your next mainline Fire Emblem game, which hopefully we'll have news on very soon. I know we're both hopefully. itching for it, but yeah, does that does that kind of uh, wrap up what yeah. you're throwing down? Yeah. I pretty much wanted to go over for the few who either found it because of their fire emblem hands and have fans and once again i will learn how to talk one of these days this is the training uh, on the podcast the... because they're fire emblem pa- fans uh-huh. or somehow found the podcast and started listening not knowing what we were talking about wanted to go over what it was and kind of explain how it does kind of tie in with the rest of the multiverse yeah no, so I'm, I think it's really good, and I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. And I think it'll be a topic that comes up every once in a while as they continue to evolve what Fire Emblem Heroes is. And they don't show any sign of slowing down with the new modes they're adding. And they've been really good at at checking in on on the bloat outside of maybe a couple of realms. But we'll talk about that probably a future date. But we did get a new calendar, Eddie, which I know yes. you were super stoked about. And yes, finally. Yeah. Now, and, and it starts out for the coming events with one of the best events they've ever come up with. Oh, what's that? Why, it's a bound hero battle with Lissa. <laughs> oh, they might have her brother in there too, but Yeah, Crom's there, but it's like weird-looking Crom. So it's not it's not it's not the be all end all, right? Well, we don't know what Crom it is. They haven't said for sure. It's probably the base Crom. Yeah. Cuz they're probably not going to do a second banner with the new crom yet so 
Yeah. So you, so they'll do a, a a bound hero battle summoning focus starting on the same day. Yep. And and is that where you're thinking you might uh, pull a bunch of Lissas and, and get your plus ten Lissa? Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that when we went over focus, but I am planning to eventually work on it. I might try to pull for a Lissa in there, but I might not worry about it. Because hmm. um, Lissa being a three and four star hero, uh, the whole trying to get a plus ten was pull a bunch of three or three and four stars, eventually get a, a good IV Lissa. And then level that one up and, you know, level it up through unlock potential. And since I can keep getting lists without having to work too hard, mm -hmm. uh, when I pull on colorless, I can then eventually get enough lists to plus 10 her. Cool. But I'd have to unlock potential on there. I might try to pull for Alyssa, but most likely I'll just do the free summon and let it be. Yeah, that's usually how I work. Now, um, We'll go through the rest of the events and then we'll come back to the little mistake they made and, and maybe do a like a, a mini speculation on that one. But you've got weapon workout quests coming on March 20th. I don't know what that is. Do we know what that uh, is? Neither do I. I think I saw, looking through some data mine stuff, I saw it's like, you know, kill with this type of weapon, kill with this type of weapon, or KO foes, I'm sorry, KO foes. Yeah, we don't kill. kill. We just knock them out. We just, yep. we just hit them over the head with our arrows from far away. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, that, that sounds about right. And then you've got weapons to refine banner. So probably looking at uh, some new... Have they done a banner for the newest refinery uh, characters like uh, that's Erica? And... probably what it is going to be. Um, what was it? Soren... Erica and uh, with her Siegland and um, what was he called? What was he? The third guy who got an upgrade this past uh, update? I don't know. Soren and Erica. Leo, I think it was. Leo. Leo. Yeah, I think you're right. And that's that's one I might actually pull on because I still don't have a Leo. Mm. Classic Leo. I have the summer Leo, but not a classic Leo. Well, there you go. That might be good. So. And you've got Special Heroes banner plus login bonus starting on March 22nd. We're going to talk a bit yep. about that in a little bit. And then also the return of Tap Battle, Illusionary, Illusory Dungeon on March 23rd. And hopefully they address some of the concerns that a lot of people had with that one, including the weird uh, reward of a spring at the very end, I would hopefully uh, even if they don't at least they hopefully they don't hype out hype up the weird spring yeah. <laughs> at the end that would be nice now and, uh, sorry go ahead maybe i missed it but i don't know what the big concerns were because from what i could tell tap battle was pretty much what they were advertising and expecting mm -hmm. and i know you were hoping for something more from it but it was about what i expected so Okay. Well, no, maybe maybe I'm in a, in the minority here. I think it was just uh, maybe yeah. they'll, and hopefully they will make some changes and stuff that'll make it better. But you know, it's just I'm not looking for sweeping changes. Know. Just progression. Yeah. You know, just just a couple of little tweaks here and there, just to kind of show that they are interested yeah. in, in keeping it fresh. So um, now we mentioned that this event calendar was a little wonky because it was released and then re-released because there was a awakening maps uh, section in in the calendar starting march 12th now obviously we didn't get that because it's not in the game but we were speculating that that might have to do with the release of the dlc due yep. before the end of march right 
Yep, Warriors is expecting their Awakening DLC sometime before the end of March, and fully expected that to be a Awakening here, Awakening banner there. Um, now I was looking up, and I've seen some indication that uh, the the data miners have found it for the 29th now. So, which would fall more in line with the before March 31st date for the DLC. Uh, I was looking. Yeah. I was looking at Serene. Is it Serene's Forest? Or am I mispronouncing? Yep. Okay, so I was looking at Serene's Forest and... That's how I no- pronounce it, so... Okay, so they if were... You're mispronouncing it, I am too. Okay. Well, Sorry. you know, we're, we're mispronounced but brothers. That's what we'll do. But I was looking at that and I was seeing that they had unveiled Tharja at a Japanese event. And, I th- and we knew we were getting Tharja, but they kind of showed a character trailer for her. And I guess... Um, she is, she is as over-sexualized as she usually is. So, um, Fire Emblem fan, Fire Emblem Warriors fans rejoice. You're getting another one of those. Uh, and I'm sure. Uh, How, how could you say Tharja is over-sexualized? Just because she has a see-through outfit with nothing but underwear underneath. And she bends over. decides to go around. All the time. Or decides to run around in winter in nothing but a bikini. She's essentially a joke. And that's somehow story. armored. <laughs> she has. She's a magician. She just she she conjures armor, but that's see through yes. because that's how magicians roll. Anyways, yeah. So look forward to that in the near future. But yeah, I, I didn't see that data mine, so that's good to know that we'll be getting it. And you know, they supported the last DLC release, so I don't. I'm not surprised that they would support the next one as yep. well. So look forward to those events and check out the events calendar if you're looking for. A look forward into April because I think it goes. What does it go into? Do I didn't write that down. It. Uh, the last events mentioned are the 11th of April, so early April. Yeah. That start, not end, but start. And the new. So we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to head into speculation corner. And we're going to talk about the new spring banner, the special banner. And I don't know if it's spring for sure, but the special banner starting March 22nd and then lasting to april 22nd so it's a whole month and we know it's a special banner but now we get to speculate because we'll know by next episode what it'll be so uh we we pulled the discord and by we uh eddie was awesome enough to to get into the discord and see what people thought and i know you have some thoughts as well and i've already talked a bit about my thoughts but i want to hear i want to hear what you're thinking and what the discord's thinking on what this special banner will be well um Discord kind of agrees, and I definitely think it's going to be another spring banner, or Easter if you want to label it as such, because, you know, like it was last year, the bunnies with all that. Um, and I I personally think they'll keep with Awakening and Faith's characters. Um, in the Discord, most people thought it would be uh, Shadow Dragon characters or um, those those games right. uh like uh whirlwind over in the discord guess that uh we would pro- probably have marth uh since we haven't gotten a second marth yet and alm since celica got a second uh art type art style or design um void chronos over there thought it would uh be all shadow dragon focus with uh he his guesses were marth lynn Riss, and maybe katarina and all the rest of the guesses in the Discord were part of the invasion of the creepy old man with a potion. Oh yeah, uh, Riss. Yes, there there seems to be some 
bizarre obsession with risk. Uh, it might <laughs> might extend past the Discord, but it's definitely a subreddit thing that I've noticed. And I saw someone pull up the uh, there was a Photoshop done for the last Spring Banner where every character was Riss, which is these weird skin bunny ears. It's not like they gave him bunny ears. Yeah. They literally just extended his scalp into the shape of bunny ears. Creepiest thing you could ever see. So. Yeah, and considering how creepy Riss is to begin with, no, nah, he's not really that creepy. But people kind of insinuate that he's creepy because he he's an old man and he gives unmarked potions a, to everyone. His picture, yeah, his picture is a old man handing you a potion. It's a little creepy, but poor Riss. And yeah, um, so once you filter through that, there was a serious guest for Riss from Void Kronos there. Um, I personally, like I said, think it'll still it'll end up being Awakening and Fates characters again. Mm-hmm. Um, my best guess for Fates, the Fates two characters were Ryoma and Hinoka, because uh, last year we got Xander and Camilla, which were the uh, main, you know, the main brother or whatever uh, from the Nor side and the older sister from the Nor side, mm-hmm. uh, but. You know, I'm iffy on that because the popularity of Ryoma and Hanoka seems to be a bit lower than Xander and Camilla, especially since we already have three Xanders and Camillas and only one Ryoma and one Hanoka. So, yeah. Uh, as for the Awakening characters, um, now it's me, so you know, here it comes. Take 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 your grain of salt, but uh, since last year they had Krom and Lucina, essentially Krom and his daughter. Uh, I am half guessing Lissa and Owain, but I'm not holding my breath since we did just get a Christmas Lissa. Right. So. Well, we but. can we will see how it is, but I, I um I don't necessarily disagree that they'll continue with the Awakening and Fates side of th- like I think you're right like it it would make sense to keep that because the way that they introduce it in the lore is that it's a it's a spring festival where the Norians come together, but and the Norians and the the Hashido, but they did that with the holiday one as well and kind of mixed and matched across the board. So I wonder well, if they might be able to well, pull from Well, last year for leaders. the spring banner, they didn't do anything with Norians and Hashidans. It was just that... Oh, right. It was a spring festival in the Awakening world, and I can't recall for sure if um, Xander and Camilla there were invited by... Krom and, Lis- or Krom and Lucina somehow, or if uh, the Fates world also celebrates it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and because it is the Awakening world, it does not discount Marth or Alm being a possibility, because Marth and Alm are the far past of the Awakening world. So. Oh, okay. Well, um, it, it'll be interesting to see. We won't have to wait long. And per- personally, if you look at the kind of worlds they've been pulling from for these special banners, you can you can maybe get behind going to a different world because I think the Fates world, maybe not the Hashidans, but the Nors have certainly they certainly feel like they've they've been done quite a bit. Um, but I might be biased. I might be just not noticing that the Hashidans have been getting their fair shake as well. Uh, I think Ryoma and Hanoka are a great guess and would fit well within the spring banner and they could have a lot of fun with a spring Ryoma, you know, give him like a weird carrot. 
A spring lobster. Yeah. Oh, let's lean right in and give him a lobster. You know, he's just in a lobster outfit, and he's like, what? I thought we were playing dress up. Oh, there's a Halloween banner right there. Just have uh, Ryoma dressed as a lobster. That would fit, or that would be a summer banner, because Ryoma's already jokingly, or I've heard of him jokingly referred to as lobster because of his red, skill, kind of scaled armor. Yeah. So... I'd be fine with that. I, honestly, yep. I would love to go full meme and just have a lobster Rioma in the game. Yep. So look forward to that. I, I I think that you're all, everybody has some great sort of speculation here. I have no idea, but I feel like they can't go down the Norian route. I think Noria, Nor the Nor people have been done to uh, quite a bit lately. And yep. We'll see, but this is uh, this is also leading into next week's speculation corner, where we're gonna talk about the co- the possibility of a colorless legendary hero, possibly the first colorless dragon. We have hinted at that in the past, but next week will be our last week to speculate about the new March legendary banner. So stay tuned for that. But new this week, a brand new segment, Summoner's Focus, and we're focusing on Lynn. Lady of the Plains, plain old Lynn from Binding... No, sorry, I always make this up or make a mistake. It's Blazing Blade, right? Yes, they now label it as Blazing Blade. It was originally just Fire Emblem to us in America Mm -hmm. or the East. Yeah, so this is kind of your your baby here. This... uh, Hmm? I I was just trying to remember, are we the West or the East? I think we're the West. We are the West. We're the West. (laughs) Yes, we're the Western world. Uh, uh, yeah. So yes, I originally said to us in the east, so I got it backwards there for a second. So sorry. It's, it depends on which way you go, right? So like Japan yep. is it's close, uh, and we're to their east. You would think they would they would say we're more east than than west. we're we're certainly closer east than we are closer west. But for for you flat earthers out there, you're like, what the hell are they talking about? Um, <laughs> so uh, summoner's focus. We're going to focus on a new hero probably every week. And uh, this week we're going to be doing Lynn, Lady of the Plains. Eddie, you did a bit of research on this one. Uh, so why don't we start with lore and then we'll work our way down and we'll see how this top or this uh, segment does. And, and we love everybody's feedback, but let's hear what is Lynn and wh- why should we know her? Well, Lynn is what is traditionally considered or called a Lord character in the games. Uh, the Lord characters are usually the characters that you follow or interact with most. Um, so they have specialized classes that don't fit into the normal, the, the, the generic classes, or their classes just Lord. Uh, one would could technically argue Lady since she is a female. Um, you know, like I said, they're often the protagonists, and in Blazing Blade, there were three Lords. Uh, Lynn... Ellawood and Hector. Um, and she was the first one you uh, work with in the prologue of the game. Kind of a training area. Teach you how the game works and to many of the... Introduce you to many of the mechanics of the series, of the game. Um, now, as for her backstory and all, she was the daughter of Madeline, uh, who was the... Uh, Madeline herself was the daughter of Lord Hausen of Caelan. Um, but she married uh, Hassar, who was a chieftain of the Lorca tribe of the Sasean Plains, I believe it's pronounced. Um, and her her father, Lord Hausen, 
uh, did not agree with that and essentially exiled uh, Madeline when she eloped with Hassar. Hmm. Um, Lord Hausen's wife had been named Lindis and passed away uh, possibly even before he banished uh, his daughter. Uh, but uh, Lynn got her name, which is truthfully Lindis, from after her grandmother. Her mother named her after her grandmother. And she grew up on the Sicilian Plains having no idea that her grandfather was a lord of, uh, you know, lord of a country, essentially. Yeah, she finds um, out about, I think, chapter 10 in that game when um, Cain and what's-his-face, the other knights kind of find her and say, like, yo, you're royalty, <laughs> basically. I think it's, like, chapter two. Yeah, it's it's pretty early. Out. It's pretty early on. Yeah, essentially, when you first meet her, um, essentially, the game starts with uh, her living on her own because shortly before the game, uh, bandits attacked and killed most of the Lorca tribe, um, killed her parents and most of the tribe, and a few uh, that survived refused to accept a woman as a leader, which kind of shows the time frame that the game is kind of set in. But because, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, there are always some backwards people out there, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And she uh, comes out of her tent to find a tactician unconscious outside her tent, which is essentially the player. Um and she decides to assist them, and after nursing him back to health, uh, agree, uh, decides to follow the tactician to train her sword skills and avenge her tribe. And like you said, um, like shortly after the start, I think it is chapter two or maybe even chapter one, uh, they get ambushed in a town by mercenaries and are helped by Sane and Kent, who are two cavalier characters who reveal to her uh, that they are out there looking essentially for her. And um, if I'm remembering correctly, they say that upon hearing uh, that his daughter had named his grandchild after his late wife, uh, it softened his heart and he wanted to meet her before he died. Right. Or at least just meet her. True. So. Yeah. I, I, and I, I believe... And... I mean, it's been years since I played that, but he he did die right before meeting her. I can't. Uh, no, um, actually, the rest of the prologue journey is her trying to make her way uh, to him and being uh, set upon by the forces of her granduncle Lundgren, um, who is trying to usurp her bro his brother's kingdom, um, and she encounters various issues. Uh, she meets characters like Dorcas and Ellawood and Hector along the way and gets help from them. Uh, she bumps into Nin Ninian and Nils. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll know Ninian from the game. She's a dragon character, which I'll admit, it's been so long since I played, I had forgotten she was a dragon, or I never never got far enough to find out. So that was a surprise when she turned up as one. I just knew her as a dancer. So... Um, <laughs> But you meet her, and there's a optional side quest to retrieve a heirloom of theirs from uh, the Black Fang, who will come up in later character info. Mm -hmm. um, but you get there. Um, she manages to get there before he dies, and he says, and he like says he knows he's been poisoned and has taken too much, but he can die happy having seen her. Uh, but actually, um, 
she convinces him to fight the poison so they can get to know each other. And he actually does survive into the later game. Um, you know, uh, that's where we want to go ahead and start since there's uh, four versions of Lynn. Um, the next section of her story will be a year after uh, those events when uh, you're playing through Ella Wood's campaign. So. Right. True. And and that was, uh, again, one of my favorite games uh, in the series, my first one. Lynn was the first character. And, I mean, if you're, you know, smelling some bias here and that we play, we did Lynn first, it's like, you know, yeah, definitely. I, I probably put us, pushed us over the edge uh, with Lynn. And and I, she was the first Fire Emblem character that I latched onto, even after experiencing Marth uh, and... I can't remember. I think Marth and Roy were in melee, but I could be wrong. I know yes, Marth was. I think so. I know. I think Marth and Roy both appeared in melee. Yeah, and that it was the Ike first who time. eventually got added later. Yeah, man, it's been so long and since Brawl I played or something like that. You know, it's weird. Like we'll talk about a video game, and I'll be like, "Man, I kind of really want to play Smash Brothers." You know, and especially since they just announced. Uh, and and again, like if we want to go like combine speculation corner and outrealm gate, we could even talk about what Fire Emblem heroes are they going to put in the new Smash because <laughs> they love Fire Emblem heroes in that game. Uh, the the I developers, think Marth and Ike are going to return, but yeah, you have to. And and I remember Roy was DLC. I got him. Uh, I, either way, you know, we we digress. Maybe for a future time, but I know that. Lynn yeah, as we know more about the game. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We really literally know about like four things about it. But Lynn in Fire Emblem Heroes, one of the first characters added into the game. She was there at launch, I believe. And uh, some were saying kind of was an example of why there's so many red heroes in this game. She was one of the first. Why she was kind of tough to get for me too. Like it took me months to get her. I had to wait for another lynn banner to pop up and i just focused as hard as i could on it um but yeah well i think the issue with the so many sword heroes is that there's so many sword heroes in the games i mean if you really look at it um side up from ephraim which he even makes a point to state almost every lord is a sword user yeah and that's something the developers have characteristics of most lords yeah, and something the developers of this game and Fire Emblem Warriors have stated, and that you know they all the characters that people really like um, are are different sword users from across the games, and and in their main games, like in Fire Fire Emblem uh, Blazing Blade, uh, or is it Binding Blade? <laughs> I keep forgetting which one is it. So Blaze, I remember Blazing Blazing Blade is Lin, Binding Blade is Roy. Okay, so Blazing Blade. Uh, in that game, she's the main sword user, and then Ellawood comes in. And I think he's a cavalry, but I could be wrong. Either I way, I think he's also a sword user. He might be a mounted sword user, but he. I think you're right. He is a sword user. Um, anyways, in... I remember him having like rapier. I think so. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying. It's been so long. Um, yeah, but but in Fire Emblem Heroes, this is like my favorite character, Lynn. She's my summoner support. She has a strong S rank with an ally. Uh, you know, I did I did my best a couple months ago to kind of give her a comparable build to um, what was mentioned 
uh, on on GamePress. So for those wondering, the next stuff we're going to talk about, all this data comes from GamePress.gg. So if you're ever for, you're ever looking for Fire Emblem information, like builds and hero um, preferred IV stuff like that, go to FireEmblem.GamePress.gg. There are a couple. There's at least one other site that I've that I've gone to. What which one is that? Do you do you know of the other one that people often go to? Um, no, that's okay. Maybe the one I'm... I mainly use, and uh, there are some issues. Make sure you don't use those ads that they advertise on there. Oh, do uh, they have some suspect ads? Oh, yeah, they don't have it up on here, but on the mobile one, I often get ads for get 50% off your orbs or whatever, your orb purchases, Ooh. and that's just traditional, uh, you know, use your brain and don't trust those people especially if they ask you to put in your credentials yeah. for something one one so, of my ads is for TurboTax, and like i think that's a scam there's no way i'm doing my taxes yeah so. i think that's i think that's just the website but on the on on the <laughs> mobile version it almost always has ads for 50 percent off your orbs or whatever and yeah. those are scams and uh apparently some people got fell into them a couple months a month or so ago yeah, don't don't Let's touch those falling for them for sure. Now the preferred IV for Lin, according to Game Press, is a uh, plus to attack and defense. So if you were to summon, you can only summon a five star Lin, right? Uh, as far as I know, right now Lin is five star only. So so yeah, Lin uh, is a yeah, five star. There's only. no options available for four or three star, so she's five star only. Yeah, so a preferred IV is going to have an attack of seven and a defense of eight. I don't know which one I have, but... Well, you generally want one or the other because you can't get two boons. But oh, you can't? Yeah. You know. oh, I've been doing this all no. wrong then. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm like, I am so not into min-maxing that like looking at these stats, I just figured you had to have both. So that would explain why I've never had a perfect hero because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking at it correctly. So... Okay, good to know. You can only have one boon. So when you're going for a boon on Lin, it sounds like attack is probably what you would prefer, right? Uh, yeah. Generally, um, it, as, if you look in the details, it does say attack is the most important for her. Um, she desires it no matter what bane it comes with. Um, in defense, it's a super boon, which means it gives her a plus four instead of a plus three. Uh, so it's... It allows her to get um, certain HP thresholds. Uh, so if you get a defense, you generally it's a bit better than or it's better than HP speed or res as a boon. Okay. Um, and generally, as for the beans, it says HP or resistance. Uh, both of those are. Uh, are, are unimportant enough to Lynn in what she does um, that she can sa safely take the loss in those two categories. Interesting. Well, um, that's good to know. And I, I need to check. I, I Actually, I'd say I need to check my Lynn, but honestly, I don't care because I only have one and I'm not getting rid of her. So, uh, Yeah, same here. I have one and I'm not getting rid of her. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it now and I apparently have a Attack minus uh, HP uh, speed plus Lin. Ooh. I guess I, I so I could look mine up as well. She's not she's not hard to find since she's so focused. But uh, 
in terms of builds, so we we are running long, but we'll quickly touch on uh, at least the optimal and the budget build. So again, on GamePress.gg, they list these builds, and the optimal build is probably going to involve you tearing apart a lot of heroes because I believe they're all um, ABC skills coming from other heroes, and at least her weapon is her own. They don't get rid of her soul Kadi because she did get an upgrade. So maybe that's why they keep, they keep it. But I don't know, like some of these attacks, like brazen attack slash speed wraith or wrath, sorry, three attack smoke three. And then actually they also list a budget version for this build, which is a soul Kadi gory five hurricane offensive build and this is her flagship build this is what you're going to come across a lot in game it's kind of one of the more popular ones so i don't know yeah and like brazen attack speed i looked it up and it only comes on winter robin uh <laughs> wrath only comes on nephany which is another five star only character yeah and so... when they say optimal like they're talking like you're going to tear apart heroes that yeah, this, no one in their right mind would. These are these are the whales that can afford to, you know, hunt down a spare Winter Robin or a spare Nephany. Well, did you did you look at the attack smoke? That only comes from Brave Lynn. So you'd be yep. you'd be feeding a Lynn to a Lynn, and no one wants to see that happen. So maybe we just need to focus on the budget. Because, like, honestly, I don't think either of us will... In, in anyone's mind, you know, feed any three of those characters uh, into one. Like, you'd really, really love well, to have Lin. I don't even like Lin that much. Yeah, and those people who do that stuff are the ones who um, really uh, min-max for Arena. That's where those builds are mainly found or used. And maybe it also is used for min-maxing in stuff like Squad Alt or uh, Infernal... Uh, GHBs, but for the most part, the optimal builds, I believe, are for those who really min-max for Arena. I mm. could be wrong there. But... Well, I think that um, it's it's interesting to look at that. So maybe if we look at... Like, for me, when I put a build into a character, I'm just looking to max out the slots. You know? So if you look at the budget, budget version of this here... Uh, five hurricane offensive build you've got life and death three which comes from uh one unlockable at four stars with this soth um and then an unlockable at five if you boosted a hana or a minerva you might have a couple of those but uh a soth would be um let's see a character soth only came out like beginning of this year oh really yeah okay so before that, you can only get Life and Death 3 off of a 5-star. Yeah. Swordbreaker 3, you're going to be getting from Abel, uh, unlockable at 4, which isn't too bad. He's been around for quite a while. I have a few of them. Uh, and then a Death Ploy 3, a Defense Ploy 3, you're going to be getting from, oh, Arvis, unlockable, or Summer Gaius. So still, like that doesn't seem like budget to me. That seems, unless you really don't want your Arvis, you might, you might have a couple Arvises by getting farther into the grand hero battle but this is the thing i don't do a lot of this i kind of just like i said do enough to kind of give them a, a little extra boost so maybe that's where 
uh, a budget build listed here below comes in where it's a you know a fury three a quick repose three a defense ploy three these aren't budget what is, this is terrible um it's budget compared to the three that all require a um five star only fury three is one of the easiest ones to get with mm -hmm. uh what is it barst i think who no hinata Hanada is a four or five star or three or four star hero, I believe. Mm -hmm. So you can get Hanadas like candy if you're summoning a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and I know Hanadas aren't that hard to get. No, you're right. So maybe in future weeks when we do this topic, we, we look at one build that is attainable by the way we play. Why, by the way, a majority of the Fire Emblem Heroes fan base plays. You know, when they call them whales, the reason they call them that is is because yes, they put a lot of money into the game, but they're also very rare. Um, they're not going extinct, or else the game would be in trouble. But they are very rare, and you're right. You usually do see them a lot in arena. There's there's lots of them there. Um, I'll let you have the the luxury of announcing next week's hero because uh, you pulled Orion and and threw one in here. So go ahead. Well, I'll admit that. Uh... Lynn was kind of tipped over by Ryan, but mm -hmm. it was mainly that I did do the poll the previous week, and Lynn was definitely up there on the list of heroes. But I'm, yeah, I'm just pulling an audible, if you want to call it that or whatever, <laughs> and we're going to cover Lissa, yeah. uh, Sprightly Cler Cleric, next week. Cool. We'll look so. forward to that. And uh, Lissa, if you if you weren't aware, is Eddie's favorite Fire Emblem hero. So similar to Lynn being mine... I don't know why they would think that. I don't know either. It's almost like we, we haven't <laughs> talked about it before. But uh, yeah, one last thing for this week. We got some listener feedback, again, from Phil on the future Summoner's Focus segments. I like what you're doing with character lore, and I am excited for your piece on Lynn. Hope you enjoyed it, Phil. If you're taking ideas, I would love to hear about characters I have no clue about, like Sigurd or Selif, you know, characters that are only in Japanese games. So... Uh, we announced next week we're doing Lissa, but in the near future, yeah, we could totally jump into some of the Japanese games that I think both of us, Eddie and I, are unfamiliar with. And that, that would be fun uh, from a lore yep. pers perspective. Yeah, that was kind of the whole idea of Summoner's Focus, to eventually uh, get to characters we that have only ever been in Japanese games. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't, been, I haven't researched them yet, but I think... Um, Reinhardt is actually the villain of his game. I could be wrong on that, but hmm. um, so it's something I do want to get to. And in fact, um, after Lissa, uh, the following week, we are planning to uh, do the genealogy of the Holy War, which is where Sigurd and Selef come from. Oh, there you go. Um, that's partially because the recommendation of those characters from Phil. Um, so uh, I'll probably ask in Discord this week if or if you want to say in Discord, if you're in there, uh, which character you would prefer to hear from first uh, from that game, feel free. Um, if you look through your uh, catalog of heroes, it tells you what game each character is from, and they're sorted by games. So once you find someone who's for, from Genealogy of the Holy War, mm -hmm. uh, look around them until you find a different game, and they're all gonna all the ones in between there are going to be from the same game well, that's good to know so that's good it's nice that they organized it that way and uh for those wondering you we heard from phil a couple of weeks ago phil has started his own fire emblem project 
his own podcast called Phaeology. And I just wanted to mention it here because I, I gave it a listen and, you know, it's quite good. It's a solo show uh, taking a little more analytical look at heroes. So if you're looking for some some data, and he dives. He dives deep into that data, Eddie. I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it. but um, No, I haven't had a chance, but, but I'll yeah. definitely look into it. Yeah, check it out if you're looking for more Fire Emblem content. I know a lot of people who have messaged the show, uh, part of the reason they started listening is because there's not a lot of Fire Emblem content. And, and we're... You know, we're diving in with heroes, but we're sort of playing the long game as well, because I know Eddie and I both want to really sink our teeth into the next Fire Emblem main game that comes out. I mean, it'd be no surprise that we're going to talk about that as soon as it gets unveiled. So um, if you're looking for more Fire Emblem content, check out Feology. He's been doing some interesting stuff with data and the game, so um, check it out. Eddie, that's another week. Done. We did it. Another episode. How do you feel? Uh, good. <laughs> Throw, throwing stuff to me again randomly when I'm not expecting it. I don't know. I just I always feel bad like going from one topic and then closing the show and not giving you a chance to to say any final words. So just so everybody knows, Eddie's good, <laughs> and um, we're gonna we're gonna get get out of here because we've been talking for quite a bit. Uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fey, that's F-E-H. Email the show at fey at gamersinpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself on our... Uh, ugh, maybe I'll learn to speak sometime. Uh, you can find myself at Eddie at drowfear. And don't forget to follow the Gamers In for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.